Hello. Welcome into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson with you here. We got a good show lined up for you today. Coming up on the program, we're talking Minnesota and Illinois, two teams that are 0-2 and really at the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. One of them is going to at least get their first win of the season here tomorrow afternoon. We'll talk about what Minnesota needs to do to make sure that it is the Gophers who improve to 1-2 and two on the season. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit. First, though, we'll start off with the news going around the Minnesota Gophers because here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, we like to give you all the news that you need going around this team and this school in nice little 30-minute chunks every single day. And so we'll start out getting out of the way here early. Everything going down in Minnesota Gopher news in some quick little bites. First off, Joe Rossi, the big news from yesterday. He has tested positive from COVID-19. The defensive coordinator for the Gophers will not be with the team at Illinois. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Also, the Minnesota Gopher hockey schedule came out. Minnesota will have two games against Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan before the end of the 2020 calendar year. Some interesting notes. These games are all weekdays. The Gophers will start out against Penn State on a week or two weeks, I should say, two weeks from yesterday a Thursday-Friday matchup against the Nittany Lions. And also, the Gophers are only playing eight games, while everyone else in the conference plays ten. Everybody else has two matchups with Arizona State coming before the end of the new year. Minnesota will instead play Arizona State four times in 2021. Elsewhere, Elsewhere, Kamal Martin yesterday in some Minnesota Gophers in the pros news did not play for the Green Bay Packers. He is on their COVID-19 reserve list and will be out for them for at least until he can test negative for a few times in isolation currently. And also the Gopher basketball team has added a couple of games to its schedule as well. It's been a weird, weird go of it for Minnesota trying to figure out who they're going to play. They were supposed to be a part of the Hall of Fame Classic, but then dropped out of that. They're not comfortable going somewhere else to meet up with a bunch of other teams, but apparently are okay with a bunch of other teams coming to Williams Arena. They're trying to host their own multi-team event at the barn, and teams are looking to build out that schedule. The Gophers have hosted, or are going to potentially host, I should say, both Eastern Washington and Loyola Marymount, which would take place on November 28th and 30th, right at the beginning of the season. So as the non-conference schedule stands, it'll be a start with Green Bay on that November 25th game, the first day of the season. Then in November, Eastern Washington and Loyola Marymount, then North Dakota, Boston College, and the Big Ten ACC Challenge, and then St. Louis. So not that strong of a non-conference schedule, but once again, everyone just trying to put together some sort of schedule going into the non-conference. As we start off the program today, we're going to talk about the Gophers and the Illini in just a moment. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Joe Rossi. And of course, first and foremost, we wish Joe Rossi a speedy recovery. I hope that he can fight through this, and belief is that he will be able to. It doesn't seem like anything is too major with what he's dealing with right now. So hopefully he's back with the team soon. But at the same time, if you can look a little bit past all of that kind of stuff, this is a really tough break for Joe Rossi, too. There's really no way for him to win this weekend by not being with this team. In the first two weeks, the Gophers have given up 45 and 49 points. There's really no way for things to get any worse. 
So now Minnesota's going into Illinois without the defensive coordinator in Rossi. And the bar hasn't really been set all that high for Minnesota to have its best game of the season entirely, but on the defensive side of the football especially. This team could give up 28 points to Illinois, and it would still be easily the best defensive effort of the season. And if it were especially in a win, it would really get people at least a little bit more positive about this team. And if Minnesota can somehow, and again, somehow not give up 45 points tomorrow, some people will just connect those two dots. Some people will say, well, the defense played good. Joe Rossi wasn't there. What does that mean? What does that say about the defensive coordinator and his abilities? And I would urge you just to be a little bit of a deeper thinker about things than that. It's not his bad coaching that allowed 45 and 49 points before. Maybe he made some bad coaching decisions, but there's a lot more behind a team giving up 45 points out there on the field than just what the defensive coordinator is doing. It's not like he's not trying. And if you want to say that, well, this team's been better without him if they do well tomorrow, even if they do extremely well, say the Gophers give up like single digit or only a couple of touchdowns, less than 20 points, I would still say, I would ask you this question. If the Gophers still do terribly tomorrow afternoon, you'll still be giving Joe Rossi plenty of the blame. So if they do well, I think you have to give him at least a little bit of the credit too. Because even though he won't be there, and it's going to be easy to connect those two dots, oh, the Gophers didn't give up 45 points, and Joe Rossi wasn't there. So what does that say about Joe Rossi? I'd ask you to at least think a little bit more about it than that. Rossi's been at the practices. He's been fighting with this team to try and figure out what's been going wrong in between these games. I understand not giving him as much credit as you would if the team does better this game. But I ask you to do it just because it's been so bad before and one game won't change your mind. Not because he wasn't there. Because again, if the defense is still really bad, he'll have plenty of questions to answer still when he comes back. It shouldn't be that any of the credit gets taken away from him just because he won't be there in person when the game's happening. He's still been putting in just as much work as all these players have been too. He thinks about this just as much as anybody else does, if not more. So I ask you that even if he won't be there, to give him a little bit of the credit if the Gophers do end up improving in any way against an Illinois team that really should be an opportunity to improve. Well, it is a Friday, and I hope everyone's having a good Friday. I know that during my weekends, it's my chance usually to chill out. Hopefully it is for you, too, and you're able to maybe, I don't know, watch the Gopher game tomorrow afternoon against Illinois. Hopefully, watch Minnesota take care of business. But when I do get a chance to chill, I go to the only beer that is made to chill, and that's Coors Light. And yes, they mean, like, just chill out and relax, too. But also, it's literally made to chill as well. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged as well. It's, again, literally made to chill. As crisp, as refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. And again, weekend's coming up. Go ahead and get yourself a Coors Light right now. It's the one I go to when I'm sitting down and watching a game. I'll crack open a Coors Light. Relax, unwind for a bit, and hopefully, again, watch the Gophers get a win tomorrow afternoon. 
Coors Light's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up after our break, we're going to break down this matchup between Illinois and Minnesota. Our preview of the matchup tomorrow afternoon that, if you're a Gopher fan, will hopefully bring the first win of the season. Please, oh please, against another one of the bottom feeders in the Big Ten. Can Minnesota get to 1-2 and two on the season, or will the plummet continue? We'll chat about that in just a minute. You're listening into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. I'm Nate Dickinson. Welcome back to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson. You're tuned in and we're previewing Illinois and Minnesota right here on the pod as we get ready for tomorrow afternoon's matchup. 2.30 p.m. The scheduled kickoff time at least locally here in Minnesota and also in Champaign. Let's take a look at who this Illini team is exactly. We know right now at least that they're at the bottom of the Big Ten, but what have they been before? I want to start with head coach Lovey Smith. Because he's in a spot where, while he didn't come into this season on the hot seat, I'd say he was in the room. Whatever room the hot seat's put in, Lovey Smith was in there. And after an 0-2 start, I think he's making his way closer and closer as things continue right here. Because Lovey Smith was hired in 2016 by the Fighting Illini. A former coach of the Chicago Bears, obviously people in the area knew him and honestly liked him too. A lot of people thought that when he got let go by Chicago, that was a bit of a mistake that the Bears kind of let go of a coach and then took a look and said, well, who's the best coach available? And they looked and saw it was Lovey Smith. At least that was my opinion as an Indiana guy and a Bears fan growing up. But anyway, Lovey gets hired in 2016 with Illinois. That team goes 3-9 his first season, but since then, things have gotten a bit consistently better. 2-10 in 2017, but then up to 4-8 in 2018, and then 6-7 and seven last year. And while that's consistent improvement, you'll also note it's not a single winning season for that Illinois squad either. So that's something that Lovey Smith would like to try and overcome, a hump he'd like to try and get over this season, but it hasn't been a good start. 0-2 to start this season for the Fighting Illini. And a couple of games that have made them kind of think that things might not be getting a whole lot better. 45-7, to not a great morale booster to start the season at Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's a good team. Also, I haven't really played much football since. But anyway, Purdue, after that, were able to put up a good fight against the Boilermakers at home, but ended up losing that one by a touchdown, 31-24. to So at the very least, Illinois has a belief that it can win games. They've been in one game. Minnesota has done the same. Unfortunately, the team that Minnesota was in the game with was a team that's regarded as one of the worst in the Big Ten, and then they ended up losing that game in a pretty heartbreaking way in overtime. Illinois is another team right now at the bottom of the Big Ten, and both these teams looking for something just to claw their way out of it. As far as the talent on paper goes, if we're still paying attention to anything from last season at all, which if you're a Gopher fan, I understand not wanting to believe anything from last season at this moment. But if you're looking at any of that kind of stuff, the Gophers should be able to take care of business pretty easily against this Illinois team. That's what I would have told you if we were going into a Week 2 game now instead of Week 3. If it was Illinois first and then Maryland second, I would have said, yeah, Minnesota's going to win this game, go 1-1 and and get ready for the Terrapins. But the loss against Maryland's already happened. So I don't know what to think exactly now as far as what's going to happen in this game. 
But as far as the big picture goes, this is just another repeat of, hey, give us something here. Because you didn't get anything after the Michigan game. You thought you were going to get something against Maryland. You thought someone would give you something to be positive about, on the defensive side of the ball at least. Offense looked pretty good. I'll give them that. 38 points in three quarters is nice. Not being able to score in the fourth quarter is concerning. But 38 points in three quarters, I'm not going to complain. Defense was still just as bad as it had been week one. But before against Maryland, you expected something, and you didn't get it. Now you go into Illinois after that week, and you're not really expecting anything. Or at least you're saying, hey, give us something, you know? There's so much to complain about right now. I'd like to at least be able to have one thing to say, all right, if this gets better, the team will get better. But right now it just seems like, well, if this gets better, then hopefully these other two or three things get better too so the team can actually compete. I'd like to see a competitive football team here. And on one side of the football, the Minnesota Gophers have not been that in the slightest so far this year. So I guess that's my biggest thing I'm looking for going into the weekend. Not for the Gophers to be able to really beat down on the fighting Illini or anything like that. I don't know what to expect as far as that goes. Again, a week ago I would have said, yeah, this is a double-digit win. But that was before you lost to Maryland. I don't think you can have any sort of those expectations anymore. At the very least, I'm just saying, hey, give me something to believe in here. Give me some reason to say, all right, this team can at least put it together by the end of the season. Right now, it's not happening. And Illinois is another chance against a team that, again, is at the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. I said it last week before we got started with the podcast on my other shows and things I do, that it was just, Maryland's a bad team. Flat out bad. Illinois is another one. And if the Gophers want to be able to say that they're not, at least be able to beat him, I guess, or at least look better, again, my expectations are all over the place at the moment. And I'm not really sure what I think about big picture, no matter what happens in this game. Because beating Illinois doesn't end up shutting up the alarms, right? Maryland let the alarms go off. That's when everyone was like, okay, this team might actually be really bad. Beating Illinois doesn't make you say, all right, this team's good again. At the best, it's okay, at least this team can win a game in the Big Ten. There's still going to be plenty of wor- to worry to, be- to worry about after this game. There's no doubt about that. I think right now you're just clawing for anything you can get. If that's a win, great. If it's that the defense at least looks a little bit better, outstanding. But right now this Illinois game is not a pick-me-up, really. It might be one that the Gophers win, and it might spark something but it's not going to have you feeling good about this team come Sunday morning. There needs to be a bigger game one than Illinois to be able to do that. And the Gophers haven't had that yet, and they won't have it here tomorrow. Looking into the actual players on the Illini and what will happen on the field to get a bit more in-depth into the actual game and go less big picture on things, The quarterback situation in Illinois is a little bit abysmal at the moment. The team is without the initial starter and Brandon Peters. He got out after contracting COVID-19 and will be out for 21 days from whenever it was, I think last Thursday, that he got COVID-19. So he's out for this game. Also, Isaiah Williams may be out. He's someone who only had thrown three passes so far this season, but again, just another guy on the depth chart. So it looks like it'll be Karan Taylor starting for the Fighting Illini. His stats... Passing the ball, not all that terrible. 17 of 29, only 58%. Two touchdowns, but also two interceptions. 
But the dangerous part about him is what was dangerous about Tali Tungavaloa last season for Maryland, or last week for Maryland. Karan Taylor can run the football, and that's something that the Gophers have struggled with throughout this season. He's run the ball 17 times. That's to passing the ball a total of 29 times, so he'll be able to get around. He hasn't had huge success, only 32 yards on those runs, but he is someone who will be mobile, and the Gophers have shown that they've had a really hard time positioning themselves, really, even spots to stop that kind of a mobile quarterback. So Karan Taylor may give that team another test defensively and a two-dual-threaded kind of guy, but hopefully the Gophers can at least patch it up a little bit because Taylor, again, hasn't done that well with it. He's also fumbled the ball a lot. Two fumbles and two interceptions, four turnovers for him in the time that he's out on the field for Illinois, and that could be an opportunity, too, for the Gopher defense to get some momentum going. At the very least, not give up 40 points. You get a turnover or two, get the defense off the field, let the offense do its thing, maybe wear down that Illinois defense for a little bit and let it stay out on the field for a long time then maybe you can put something together where you kind of build up a lead over time that's able to sustain itself and you can find yourself in a really good position going forward. Elsewhere for Illinois, the team really isn't anything all that special. I mean, there's a reason that at the beginning of the season they were projected toward the bottom of the Big Ten, if not at the very bottom, and have started the season 0-2. This team only scores 15.5 points per game. It gives up 38 points per game. So there's really nothing to indicate that Illinois has the ability to beat Minnesota, but again, this is the same thing you would have said last week against Maryland. Hopefully the Gophers can pull it off this time. But I understand if anyone has any sort of doubts going into it, because really this team has not given you any sort of a foothold to lean on here going into week three. Hopefully that's what you get at least in this game. That's what I'm looking for at least. Something that I can be positive about going forward. Nate Dickinson here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. We'll be back in just a moment. Coming up, we'll wrap things up here as we preview Illinois and Minnesota, get more into some of the individuals that I think will be the big key makers here in this game. We'll talk about all that in just a minute here. More Locked On Golden Gophers in just one second. Not a ton of time left on the show, but we do want to break down a little bit more of this Illinois-Minnesota matchup. We talked a whole lot of more big picture stuff in our last segment, just really what this means for Minnesota. Again, you're not feeling really optimistic, even if Minnesota kind of blows the doors off of Illinois this weekend. It doesn't have you back to where you were before by any means, but a win is a win, and Minnesota could sorely use one right now. So let's get more into the actual individuals that will be on the field for the Illini and what Illinois has been able to do well this season, too. We talked to you a little bit before about the likely starting quarterback in Karan Taylor. He's a guy who has not been great passing the ball, but can run the ball as well, has been keen to scrambling out of the pocket and doing some things on his own too. He's thrown on the run before. So that may be something that could be a problem for the Gophers. They've definitely struggled with that plenty so far this season. As far as some of the other playmakers for the Illini go, though, the running backs could be a problem for the Gophers, just given what they've had to give up before. Mike Epstein, the leading ball carrier for Illinois, averaging almost five yards per carry. He scored a touchdown, 99 yards on 21 carries. The other running back is Chase Brown. In his 14 carries, he's averaged more than six yards per carry. But these two guys also have receptions on their tally, too. A couple of receptions to each. 
So Illinois will sometimes throw off to those sides, to those backs out of the backfield as well. And that's something that Minnesota has been keen to allowing this season too. Some of those like screen passes or just release routes that the running backs can run. Plays that really should be going for like three, four yards. The Gophers have been allowing, say, like 12 or 15 at some times on plays like that. So those two guys are people I think could be a little bit dangerous just because of the way that Illinois seems to like to get them the ball. They like to seem to get them in the open field where they can try and break some tackles. And Minnesota has allowed plenty of yards after contact on the broken tackles so far through two games. As far as receiving the football goes, Brian Hightower has been one of the key guys. Only five receptions, but 123 yards and a touchdown. That's 24.6 yards per catch. Other name to know, Daniel Barker. Seven receptions for 89 yards. That's most on the team in receptions and second most in yards behind Hightower. He averages about 12.7 yards per catch. Aside from that, nobody really stands out for Illinois individually offensively. On the defensive side of the ball, this team has forced some turnovers, fumbles mainly. Four different forced fumbles and three fumble recoveries for this defense through two games. And that is one thing, as I want to shift over into what the team has been able to do for Illinois, that Minnesota has been, or Illinois has been able to do well, is get into the backfield. They're getting sacks defensively on 9.68% of their plays. That's 17th best in the nation. So they do a pretty good job. And when you take a look at the sack totals, you've got guys like Owen Carney Jr. who already has three sacks on the season. Three other guys who have at least one sack already. So Illinois has gotten into the backfield a decent amount. Aside from that, though, Illinois doesn't really do all that much well as far as just where they stand in comparison to the rest of the nation in much of anything. The team scores, as we talked about before, 15.5 points per game. That's 107 in the nation. Allowing 38 points per game. That's 95th in the nation. As far as what team is not so great at, they turn the ball over. Minus one and a half turnover margin. That means they're minus three on the season in turnovers. That's 104 in the nation as things stand. Completion percentage is really bad. This team also passes the ball decently, a decent amount too, which is so it's surprising. They pass the ball about 47% of their plays. About average amount. But they complete only 51% of their passes. That's number 108 in the country. It's not a team that's really figured things out on offense so far. So while they've had some players who can make plays, I think this is an opportunity for the Minnesota Gophers defense to be able to have a pretty good game. Again, I say this after giving up 45 points to Maryland, so I'm not going to put any sort of expectations on anything. But at the very least, I think Illinois presents the opportunity for Minnesota to showcase anything it has been able to improve on over the last couple of weeks of the season in practice, at least. That's at least my take on things as to what the Gophers will have to look out for individually and what maybe you can look out for, some of the names. Again, quarterback Karan Taylor likely, but some of those other names to look out for, the running backs Epstein and Brown, and then the wide receivers, I'd say Barker and Hightower. Hightower, the big play threat. Look for him to be deep downfield on any long throws. Other than that, the Illini really don't present all that many threats. Neither did Maryland, though. Anything can happen in the Big Ten. If you've been following this conference in really any sport for a long time, you know that. But I would expect Minnesota to be able to come out and play well in this game. Hopefully it's 1-2 and two when we talk to you next time, but... 
who, who knows what will happen. I know I'll be watching at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. Hey, give us a follow on Twitter right now. We'll be there throughout the game tomorrow afternoon. It's at LO Golden Gophers. At LO for Locked On, Golden Gophers. Give us a follow there for everything updating you on what's going on with the school. My personal Twitter is at NateOnKate, at NateOnKate. I'm the sports director over at KATE Radio here in Minnesota. And you can give me a follow there. I stay, keep, stay up to date on everything going on in Minnesota sports and other stuff as well, too if you want to give me a follow there as well. Also, follow, like, subscribe, rate, five stars on the podcast, all that kind of stuff. Thank you for watching through our first week, listening, I should say, through our first week. We'll be back, of course, on Monday with, of course, reaction to everything that happens on Saturday afternoon and everything else that might go down over the weekend in Minnesota Golden Gophers sports. Nate Dickinson here with the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. We'll talk to you again next week.